0: Nine minutes late <laughs> to a
1: forty-five-minute show we have to do once a week. Uh, that is not a, thats not ideal, really, is it?
0: <laughs> oh God! Thank God we've got the best fans.
2: Oh, I know. Yeah. Do we uh, have any fans? Uh,
0: yes. It looks like we are
2: live. Oh.
1: So yeah, um, guys, we are Raw Pet Medics. You'll find us on Patreon.com forward slash Raw Pet Medics. So uh, that is great if you can help us out. We do appreciate it, but as you know, this stage we will be here nonetheless. I have been um, working away at looking at all our old videos, guys. We have got many, 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 many videos. So much content, Mm. and we were all discussing how we're going to put it all in one place soon, and we'll tell you all about that in in due course.
0: Brent,
1: have you anything to report, or do you
2: want to? to Oh, I am moving house, hence I'm in a random room. Okay. What? So, a random room <laughs> in a house? new house. Uh, no, back into the wow. old house. But it's all got the air source heat pump in, we're super warm and cozy. It's chugging away on its own little thing. No gas, no petrochemicals anymore. Uh so uh we're just uh, using that. No fireplace. Uh, we do have we do have fireplace, but it's not a gas fire. It is solid fuel from the okay. little bit of woodland that we've got, yeah. as you know. Uh nice. so no. that'll be um you know just if we need to top up, but we haven't. We just haven't needed to top up. So it's yeah. been really pleasant. So can't wait for the solar to come on and just to sort out um, some battery backup, and you know, then we'll be able to go semi-off grid at points. Sure. it's all good. Um, but it's been quite busy outside of that. Um, it's been just getting things, feeling like getting things sorted, and then you know, uh, yeah. got a new starter. We're great news but um he's really enthusiastic about holistic medicine we've um expanding the practice so we've got a lot of things to to kick off this year so we're really really looking forward to just how we um uh, push forward so that's that's really enjoyable and then just so much to look forward to with what we've got planned um as you say not just with the website but you know the future projects that we've got um, let alone the stuff with mm-hmm. the health sensei uh, side, just bringing in some more mm. everybody from the human side as well as the animals. So, yeah, it's just, just action-packed. Cool. Action-packed. That sounds
0: uh, Bren, just just lay it out for me. I've, I've got a vague feeling of what you and Rowan are doing with the health sensei. and It sounds very exciting. Can you just lay it out in words of one syllable?
2: <laughs> Not quite one syllable, but certainly it is well, looking at do you health, best. Do you best. health up and down the yeah. leash. So, you know, very much the influence that we have on our pets and our pets have on us, but actually looking at all of our lifestyles. So what we do in our lifestyles, how that affects our pets. Uh, So that could be the environment you have around you, you know, what you're doing with all of your your dietary habits through to your um, social habits, as far as how you're getting up in the morning, how much sleep you're getting, what your patterns of the day are like, Um, in you know all the way through to that just are you giving yourself space at night shutting all your wi-fi off getting all of the emf out you know all of that side of things So then also looking at you know stop guessing start testing you know do this thing where you can test how good are those supplements that you're taking are you literally taking them on a fear basis or are you actually getting a benefit out of them and this is what we can do with our mm. pets too so there's lots of great information out there. Uh, some people will be doing some of the metabolomics testing through Dutch tests. Uh, we've got the cellular health tests, things like that to, to go for. And we're looking at that transference into our canines as well. Um, we've got a meeting with the guys from Precision Analytical, which do the Dutch test and just really getting the stuff around for the dog. So like,
1: how, how do people do these tests? Because like, you think about your local GP, and it's like they never would have heard of any of this. And so no. tell us about the Dutch test. Is this an order to your home, a spit in a tube type test, uh, but, or is it you use the local nurse and take so some to post them
2: all? There is some of the tests that are available through saliva testing. However, the most comprehensive hormone metabolites testing that is in there is a dried urine hence dutch okay dried urine test no oh, yeah. uh, okay. for complete hormones and and that looks at um you urinating onto a piece of blotting paper um four times through the day okay just spreads it out you need to so females you need to be at a specific time of your cycle okay um mm-hmm. and you need to be in that window you need to be off hormone replacements and things like that, preferably. But, you know, we're not going to pull the rug for the sake of it. Um, So we're looking at, so you can get them to urinate on that. Look at the metabolite of those hormones. That can be really influential on everything from uh, just your glucose tolerance all the way through to your influence on cancer um, or how you're metabolizing some of those. Because you can switch genes off with your microbiome to how methylated they are as to how your body then metabolizes certain hormones and that influence on cancer so it's actually you know it's not a done thing yes you might have the genes that if they're not methylated predispose you to certain cancers but actually what
1: what does methylated mean for everybody so methylating
2: so if you add a ch3 so a, a carbon and three hydrogens Okay, that's a methyl group. Okay, uh, so you methylate a gene that activates it effectively.
1: And where do we okay? get these methyls from? Uh,
2: so you can get them from um, uh, many of your vitamins, so you know, methyl, um, vitamin B12, so you can get that methylated. Some people will methylate amino acids, so you can get trimethylglycine. Um, so all of those will pass on the methyl group two genes so you can actually start to increase methylation there's just two options that are in there so there's so many ways food.
1: these these little these i'm sorry for asking the questions but these are questions yeah, no, no. people are definitely going to have yeah. are, are, a lot of these compounds sound like things i buy is, is this not a normal part of the food oh, process no, no. No, you so, eat our so
2: you're so if you've got the right microbiome and it's activated with the right food then, of course, it will produce the active vitamins that it produces, the active amino acids, the things that are key to good nutrition, should be presented to your body in a methyl group form. Okay? So, realistically, yeah, if you've got everything right and you don't transgress and go out on the rip and get, you know, ice guide, you know, and all the rest of it on a New Year's Eve, or you, you know, are... Occasionally smoking, or you are eating, you know, the occasional bit of junk food. Yeah, those things can disturb that microbiome and that capability to have optimised methyl uh, groups coming into your body. Now, of course, you could purchase a supplement that would, you know, effectively get you over that little hurdle, and that's how to speed up recovery from some of those. But optimally, of course, you want to. Imp- how can you? improve improve your lifestyle, your breathing technique, your hydration, your you know nutrition, yeah, all of the your movement, all of those gentle things, getting your parasympathetics right, all of that, that obviously would negate you needing to necessarily supplement. The downside, of course, is that many of us don't do that. You know, we are not some monk on a hillside doing the perfect ideal, you know that side of things but uh, yeah and i'll be the first to confess you know i've had a drink or two okay um you know i occasionally have a bit of junk food i too had a dreaded pig in blanket along with my christmas dinner yeah was it an ideal chipolata in there possibly not okay but you know some people would say that's processed food that's a bit too much did i have a lot of Rich cheese and mince pies. Yes, I reached for a mince pie. I dared to have one or two or six. I had millions. You know, know, so we we do transgress. So, of course, we can always look to the things that would help us. And that's fine. Knowing what can help us is the next step. And that's why I really love going in with Rowan and talking about what they're doing on the human functional medicine side i looking at that detox and, and how to improve our nutrient uptake and uh, bringing that to animal patients. Brent, have you got any stats on how many people who
0: actually um, come to you initially or or, or or start with this testing process, how many of them, A, have a good functional biome, and B, how many have a good functional diet? I would wager that it's probably pretty low, kind of,
2: of each are anywhere near where they should be. I am amazed there are some results which are like, wow, you know, you Mm. have, you know, just got all of the ticks in the right boxes, uh, you know, with whatever you've done. And some of them it's because they're taking remedies or they're taking other things to influence their health already. Some of them, but I mean, you just need to look at the amount of, or health influence out there. Just look at obesity rates. you know uh, I mean that's, that just says it all in Western culture, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the UK and over in the States. I guess to a degree in Ireland, I don't know yeah, yeah. I, just I consider of of the Irish to be healthier agent. but, you know, I don't know yeah. whether a couple of percentage know... points, that's all the difference it's nothing. Right, so yeah. you know I, I think that says it all Nick, that actually, you're right uh, we all have being dragged in a direction, um, and you know it's almost commonplace. I I have friends and family that constantly will talk about what's happening with their their gut issues, what's happening with their own weight issues, what's happening with their cancer predisposition, what's happening with their hormonal health, perimenopause, what's happening with you know fertility, you know if they're have, trying to have a child, mm. you know all of those, and just. Not joining up the dots to even think about the influence of all of those tubs of chocolates, the candy, the the processed foods, the pizzas, the burgers, the you know uh, all of the rancid fats and cooking oils and things like that that's going on out there. They just you know it's almost. Yeah, you don't see it, but That's, everybody's that, eating that, so it can't be. Yeah, but you, yeah, reason.
1: you you couldn't see. You feel fine after well, you don't. You feel terrible after a McDonald's, but you know you feel fine enough after a mince pie that you don't think about that down the way. Here's this is mm. the, my problem I have with these tests. I just checked the rate of obesity in okay. Ireland twenty three percent, bang on twenty five point nine in the UK. Um so the here's the problem, my problem with the tests is if I was to take if I was to measure myself. Let's say the Zoe test, which uh mm-hmm. and interest mm-hmm. did there recently. And she wasn't at the absolute peak of health when she did the ZOE test. And a ZOE test involves, we can hear feedback there from Nick if you're watching that on Facebook. Um, if, if, were, oh, what you, what? I don't think it was Nick. No? Oh, yeah, okay. it's, fine. yeah um, it's fine. Sorry, it was, okay. But, uh, so w- with the ZOE test, it's, it's going to be a fecal analysis and they're going to look at your biome and they're going to see what shape it's in. And so when people start off with ZOE, which, you know, is a kind of a nutritional way to, you know, feed your biome and get yourself back to health. One part of the jigsaw, you'd say, but the problem is when people start off on Zoe they're usually not in the best place as Nick was highlighting so you're coming at it from not a good start and if you this is why somebody was saying recently that don't do biome tests in good sick dogs it's like your the biome is going to be uh, in it, Trina Kala, as they say in Irish it's going to be all over the place I said so let's get the poo stabilized first and see where he is in three or four days and then do a sample far more realistic to see what's going on there but like so if you take a sample of me now after this Christmas I'm after having, which I was not good to myself, and I, I am, this is it. Now I'm going to, I'm off all sugar and drink. I'm fit to kill. But um, so, yeah, so here's my, my, my point is, I want to do all these tests, okay? But I feel like I need to get myself back in some sort of shape before I, I look at my gut floor, which I know is going to be screaming for sugar at the moment because I've been feeding it huge amounts of sugar. So I have grown a gut floor that's screaming for sugar. And if I do a ZOE test now, they're going to say, hmm, you're good for as a state. By the time I get those results back, I would have done two weeks on a serious health buzz. I would be a different human on the inside out. So with the hormone test, is it the same thing? How accurate, how represent, has there been any sort of comparative works to say, yeah, listen, we've got 100,000 people's wee samples for hormones, and it's a pretty accurate result of their disease status in a year or five years or you know what I mean? How accurate are these tests if I'm doing Yeah, look,
2: there's some great resources. You can go on and see the videos on the Precision Precision Analyticals website, okay, um, for the Dutch. If you just type in Dutch, there's some great video resources. There's some great stats and stuff on there to show just how many. I mean, they're into hundreds of thousands of tests down the line okay. now uh, to okay, looking cool. at that. So this is not something that's um, pissing in the wind. Uh, yeah. This is, I <laughs> yeah. think, of all of the uh, urinary... the blotting and... paper, bread, if you <laughs> yeah. do <that. laughs> this, Yeah, don't we, is... <laughs> yeah. don't we in the wind. This is paper. all of those um, uh, things that, you know, actually, how long has it been going? I think probably getting on for 10 years that the Dutch test has been around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in the early days, it probably was fairly on the edge of what people were thinking, you know, how accurate is this? But you know, they're they're quite down the line now, and this is why I'm really interested to see how much we can draw that in for our dogs, especially for the entire ones, and then how much we can draw that in when it comes to looking at our neutered dogs, because that's the next influence Ooh, that we yeah. can look at, because there's other things that are going on in those circumstances, and then it also gives us an opportunity where we supplement, are we effecting an appropriate change on their hormone level? Great. So there's like testosterone replacement is becoming a bit of a thing. Uh, there's an A clinic in the UK. There is uh, a few in the US that are talking about that's the way to get away from this LH escape that um, uh, we've been talking about in the stuff about neutering a few uh, weeks back. Um, And, you know, is it right to do this? But just as with hormone replacement therapy in humans, that element of, is it just slap on a patch and hope? Or are you, for your metabolism, getting that hormone level right? Okay, Uh, because it isn't, you know, one woman's level of testosterone is not going to be the same as another's. You know, moving on to their conversion into estrogens and then into progestogens. It's not the same, you know, but for each and every one. And that depends on your metabolism. So you need to work out how you can individualize that more. And that's the beauty of this test, is it's showing you the metabolites, they can actually trace back up the path how you're producing that and how you can therefore go to influence it and to monitor that you're influencing it correctly. Because this, this is, is the whole Dutch thing test about we're still testing. Yeah yeah that's so, Dutch test yeah.
1: yeah so repeat would you recommend repetitive dutch testing like uh, and taking action Yeah, there are some follow on dutch- there
2: are some follow on tests and they give you the you know you because obviously for a woman in, in cycle you're going to be doing that not in 2 weeks because that would put you in the wrong point in the cycle but at the same point in your cycle each time okay right. you look at where that would be okay especially in perimenopause, okay which is really hard to determine unlike the, the uh, postmenopausal uh, stages which is then a, still a way of how do you create that pattern that monthly cycle uh, and improve them on that health so that they're not just on a testosterone drive and really feeling great but then all of a sudden it, get overwhelmed with a progesterone overload you know and, and feel really down and put on loads of weight and all the rest of it so yeah. It's, yeah it's getting that right and that's why testing is, you know, and the tests that are out there, just seeing, you know, once you get, you know, as a vet, I almost feel like I'm amongst Neanderthals when I look at what I've been doing for years, you know, and then you suddenly look at some of these functional medicine tests that are out there, and you're just thinking, you know, these are pinprick tests in many cases, uh, or urine tests, or some saliva testing, and the stuff that they can get out of that, you know, to show what we need to be doing, what we could be doing. Um, uh, it's just amazing. And I do, I do you know, feel like when I'm doing a standard profile now, a little bit almost embarrassed that, you know, my lab can only do this much yeah. to give me that information. And yes, I can give you more than you can just looking at the animal. But boy, you know, if we could do all of this other stuff, that they're doing in functional medicine just how much more we could do. And to what's help. there
1: what's there to like are they, are these Dutch tests available for pets? Can you not just do like if my, you know, the pets been de sex three or four years ago and I want to see what state or hormones are so in. So we could
2: I- we could do that. You know, it's what it's um about three hundred pounds. So it's not off the scale. It's not a thousand pounds. Many people have come to us thinking, oh my God, it's gonna be a thousand pounds, you know, to check my facility or to check my perimenopausal state or whatever. No, it's about 300 pounds, okay? Um, yes, there's some interpretation needed on that, but, you know, yeah, there's some standard blood tests that are that much uh, at the end of the day. So, of course, we could do that. And, yeah, you know, it's been very tempting to do that for dogs. But just as there's 10 years of experience now, mm-hmm. and before that there was all the experimentation to show how that influence for humans was there, There's an element of we need more information. There's there's always more research needs to be done. And that's my next goal is to get over the line with we can translate some of the stuff that's done from humans, get that for our pets. But then can we get sufficient numbers to show that actually the absolute same is for our dogs as it is for us? There's yeah. a different cycle length, for a sec, for example. You know, the fertility is slightly different. All of that. Yeah, they'd
1: be different genes. Is, like, is, hmm? Sorry, sorry for off. doesn't Breckett go on about these MTFKOR genes? And he says, at a minimum, uh, you know, you guys need to check these genes and make sure they are just on or Almost off. Left. Yeah. And yeah. so it kind of suggests that I wonder what those genes are in pets. You mightn't go for the same ones because they maybe have different little quirks. And then you've had these terrible bottlenecks with the Frenchies and boxers and a few other breeds that suffer as a result, you know. And so they have probably all sorts of their own little individual uh, issues that would be unique to the breed uh, that mightn't come as too surprising when you look at it. So is nobody looking at this yet? It's like, tell me someone's looking at this.
2: Oh, well, I I would hope so. I mean, people like Nikki Gammack, I would think, you know, in Georgia, State, you know, and that side of things would be... Looking at that, they're all into metabolomics. And I'm guessing that's the next, you know, he's looking at how that. But when Precision Analytical has a lot of the information about the specific metabolites and the test, you know, is effectively under their patent, then they've got, I guess, the majority of IP around, you know, what those metabolites are. And so that takes a discussion with them we need to get
1: you we need to get you and nikki yapping away about uh, metabolites and testing and what uh you know i'm interested so let's say let's say there's people listening here and uh, they're hating themselves after christmas okay and what is the what's the basic what is the basic (laughs) kind of like you know what's the testing wise if you wanted to maybe invest in your health too few of us invest in our health we wait until you get to that last little bit of your health when you start getting sick and then, oh no, I'm having a few wobbles and you start investing in your health and we don't do it enough when we're healthy. What would be the very basic stuff from your, from your limited amount of stuff that you've done for the last couple of years or on? What's leaping off the pages? If I was to do anything, I would do this
2: and this. What would you do? Do you know what? Just knowing the influence of omega-3s, just get your cellular health test. It's a pinprick test, so literally, just like taking glucose, pinprick on the thumb, Onto blotting paper, send it away. Get them to check the omega three levels within your red cells. Okay, they can give you an indicator of how much of that is oxidized, how much of that is normal. You know what is what your levels are that compared to what they should be in an optimal person or animal. Okay, and then look at a supplement for that. You know, just and then retest. Okay, that's Will, they, will that's they look at uh, omega 6s, Brent?
0: Because obviously,
2: oh, they the, you do you've got look to be at a ratio,
0: a... and the more omega 6, well, the more omega 3 you need. So, where, where, where does that yeah, come in? There is
2: a ratio. There is a ratio, but what they're doing is looking at how your cellular health looks. And then, if you supplement with the omega 3s after the changeover, so red cells take 123 days, so approximately four months. Okay, mm-hmm. totally recycled to go from. Yeah. So after 123 days, you should have totally replaced all of your blood cells because yeah. they roughly yeah. last that length. OK, so that's why the test link is four months down the line, because then if you're retesting, having had the supplement, you can truly see the influence of that level for you as an individual, okay. because. Your requirement, your ratio, although a lot of functional medicine practitioners will talk about a 3 to 1 ratio, okay, now of omega-6s to omega-3s, rather than the 10 to 1 or even the 30 to 1 that's allowable under some uh, legislations. Yeah. Um, I think that actually that 3 to 1 ratio for unit may be spot on and ideal, but for me, may not. And it's then down to, well, what other dietary influences are you taking? You know, what other lifestyle choices have you made? So, this is the point of do you need to dial back a bit or do you need to dial it up a bit? Comes uh-huh. from repeat testing, as, as Connor was saying, you know, seeing the progress of what's going on rather than just taking one pinprick, taking a supplement, taking a follow on, and then saying, that's me for life. Because but what are you actually testing? You're looking
0: at oxidative products.
2: You're looking uh, and at. And then the influence water, of
0: omega-3s on those oxidation products
2: no you're looking at the omega-3s in the cellular walls of your red aha. cells. aha okay got you got you and so and if, they,
0: if they're low Sorry. you try and bump them up and yep. if they're if they're excessive you, you take them down a notch but if you look yep. at the work of dr chris kenobi which we, i think we've all three of us what look, looked at his stuff Connor, you definitely have. Yeah, I you know he, he was He's looking at tribes in, in in Papua New Guinea oh, yeah. and the cool Maasai scientists. and all these kind of things. Mm. And he was saying that basically the ideal is something like for, for your fatty acids, ideally you should be at about, off the top of my head, about 1.5% omega-6 and the the omega-3 should be about a 3-ish to 1 ratio Down from that, so for every three omega sixes, you want to have about one omega three. Okay, but the thing is, and he was saying something like the the standard American diet, rather than being 1.5% omega three, omega six, yeah, pro-inflammatory omega six, it's more like
2: 22% omega six. With some of those, with some of the plant fats, absolutely. You know, with the influence that we have with with adding oils to our food. Look, you know, Connor asked for look. If we had to simplify and add yeah. one test, yeah, yeah, what would that be? Well, I well, think give me two that's, more. That's the one. So um, I think definitely looking. No, where do
1: I get that? Sorry for cutting you off because these are All right, these, no, these no. questions. I'm actually asking more from myself here. But like, with the omega-3 am i going to get that kit sent out to me and get like do i have to involve the local gp in taking any pinprick tests are the pinprick tests done at home and posted back to the company i love those yeah. sort of tests okay cool yeah so omega-3
2: that's number one give me two more uh so i would say definitely when you're then looking at your vitamin d level that can be a massive influence and uh, I did this uh, a little while back. I think I shared it with you guys. Um, got some bloods done myself before mm. looking at all of this. It's one of those things, you know. I advise people for their pets so often uh, to consider at least getting normals of where they're at when they feel relatively healthy. Um, and you know, I, I just thought, you know what? About a year ago now,
1: yeah, slightly understand.
2: over. I I needed to do that for myself just to see what was going on. You know, I was quite satisfied with some of those results. I'd just come off the back of a shoulder injury. I was thinking, you know, it took some time to heal, you know, but I managed to speed it up with other treatment. And I was thinking, well, what else do I need to be looking out for? You know, obviously, I'm not as young and fit as I think I am. <laughs> um, so I you know wanted to take that test, and it was great to just look at liver function, look at kidney function, look at you know what my cell counts were doing, look at uh, those. as a baseline, that's great to, to get in if you can find somewhere to do it. But it could, you know, to look at some of those hormone levels on a blood test level, to look at your vitamin Ds, yeah you know, you're, you're looking in the region of about four hundred to five hundred pounds, okay, to do that. Um, and that's probably given me a level of looking at doing things. There are vitamin D tests now for literally £50, pounds, okay? So they you can that up to the cellular health. They, you, they are as good as the blood tests that we send off to the lab, okay? And
0: are they a pinprick so, test or are they a, blood, a full blood test? Because so I hate I believe needles.
1: I'll I, hate
2: needles I, I tell you what, I've heard that hates needles, that's brilliant. i tell you what, when yeah. I come past, what we'll do is we'll put some Emla cream on him. I'll get Connor to sit on your head and then we'll draw some blood. Anyway, it's just <laughs> I'll stay still. I'll videos.
1: <laughs> oh, that'd be a great video. Just do that live. <laughs> just give a pint of blood live. That'd
2: be great. No. Could I ask you a question? Because uh you guys might already do this. Um about meal time. Do you guys sit down to a table mm-hmm. and eat with the family and have, you know, that family? And somebody made a comment about the French and they get away with eating all of this stuff and still grow old. Um but they have so much more of a slow eating nature. Mm-hmm. You know, not yeah. gobbling it down to actually yeah. sit, enjoy conversation to have a parasympathetic blast whilst mm. eating rather than it just being uh sit down watching a high octane film you know shoveling in you know processed food you know TV dinner style you know not being sat at a table so do you guys do you already do that or is that something you're bringing into the mix
0: i aspire to it and i've been pushing for it for the last you know since after was eating solids but it rarely happens. And mm. um so it is something that I I, I would very much aspire mm. to, but rarely get to do that, unfortunately.
1: How about you, Brady? See, yeah, it, it might be I do. We do, but like the kids are kids are my kids are very young, don't forget. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that means they are running around your feet from you know four o'clock till eight or seven. So you know it's it's easier to sit down and eat food at six o'clock. Had Bren's question only been, do you sit down and eat food together? The answer is yes. For about maybe two or three minutes, there may be four people at the table. <laughs> um, but we just, we eat like the Simpsons. Nom, 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 no talking. And then one or two of them are off and I'm just left there sitting there with lane in silence because you've been working hard all day. You know, and uh, and that's kind of was. So we do manage to sit down together, but yeah, you know, it's not quite the French meal of, let's start with the starters and then go on to this. It's just, you know, so there's a lot of wisdom in that, do. isn't there? You have your starter
0: definitely. and then you sit for a minute and then you have your main, and you Chatty sit for a minute and then you day. have your, some 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 mm. cheese and some fruit and yeah. and off you go. Yeah. And it's not yeah. necessarily what they eat. I think with the French, it's what they don't eat. Yeah, they don't. Yes, you know, McDonald's has only been, you know, a lot yeah. later than in the UK. I actually went to the first McDonald's in London when I was about eight or nine. How about that for an admission? No way. Yeah. No way. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, I had a, a, a guy in my class at school. I mean, sneak who one was one every was week American, without early knowing. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, when I was nine years old, and um, yeah, he was he was going on about McDonald's as if it was you know, God's gift to children, which it probably is, and especially root beer. Do you remember that? I'm not sure whether you even get root beer these days. I wouldn't touch it. I know what it is, yeah. Yeah, no soda pop
1: in our house. That's the one thing we're doing right diet-wise. Yeah, no that is water, really no big, There's no sugar, there's no nothing. There's milk or water, and that's, that's all there is. house. And yeah, uh, raw now. milk,
0: if you can get it, uh, Colin. I,
1: I got some <laughs> raw milk. I got some raw milk in from Belfast, and I drank it, and I have to say I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> I was like, cool. No,
0: keep going.
2: Why? Why were you disappointed? Yeah. Tell me.
1: Because it's just it's just a different taste. It's just a di- it's a completely different taste. Like Too creamy? To
2: in this... Too. Uh,
1: yeah, it was creamy. It it was creamy. Actually, do you know what happened? Was I froze it? Okay, as soon as it came uh... in because I had, wasn't going to drink it straight away, and it was goat milk. Uh, and it was mm. for the dogs, but I drank it. So it was goat milk for the dogs, which had come out of the freezer. So I don't think that's an accurate representation of what milk can be.
2: Uh, and I I next a good glass of it in there, and I thought, oh. Just a little cautionary note out there. Uh oh. um, Because, you know, there's a lot of people feeding goat's milk to their pets and to cats in particular. Um, And there is this unpasteurized raw goat's milk. But all of the tests we do for cows to ensure they are TB free, we are not doing the same level of testing for goats even though Mm. they can be as affected as cows Okay, Mm. so it is just a cautionary note be sure about the farm that you are going to for that raw milk. There are certain areas of the country to be aware of that have a relatively high TB rate and you know, that then is in the wildlife, it's in wild boar, it's in deer, it's in, um, it's in you know, milk. hedgehogs, so mice, that. rats, you know, all of that. Because it's not, it's raw, it's not pasteurized. Pasteurization was all about how to kill the TB off. So therefore, oh, is really? there is that risk. That's why in Cumbria, they're really strict on which farms are releasing raw milk, okay, and how free they are from... T um, B and they will absolutely be on testing those farms mm. more frequently if they're producing raw raw milk for general yeah, and it's why it says there. it's not for human consumption is almost their get out. And actually we've got to be cautious. We've heard about the few cat outbreaks, we've heard about yeah. even a kennel outbreak, you know, in down in Wiltshire at that time a few years back. Um, you know, they allocated it to raw food, but actually a lot of that was possibly crossover from wildlife, but also, you know, where some of those uh, raw products were coming from. I didn't think so you'd get TB cautious. from milk.
0: I thought that was just, I really thought it was just organ consumption. I didn't think it no, came from the meat. But the thing is, the whole TB thing and Pasteur coming along and, and offering this process whereby he kills TB because back in the day, and we're talking maybe oh, kind of 1850s or so, the, there was massive urbanisation in the cities. And so they, and they, they found out that the, the cities were growing so large that they couldn't get the milk into the cities. And so what they did is they took the cows into the cities and fed them on brewer's grains and all sorts of really poor quality. And they had them, you know, stacked up. You know, uh, uh, in, in in very poorly ventilated areas, which was a thriving breeding ground for tuberculosis, and so that's how, how this has um that's how it started. The, the 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 requirement for pasteurizations because everyone was getting tuberculosis. Cows were not treated well. If you've got yeah. regenerative uh, raised animals and they're eating fantastic pasture and they are they've got a good breeze going through. As much as possible, and they're out as much as possible. You've got the the direct opposite of those, you know, those, those, you know, poverty situations, even in the cows, let alone the people drinking this raw milk. So, this is um, Joel, Joel, Joel Salatin. He says, Well, actually, if you get, you know, raw milk from well raised cows, it's as healthy as anything else. They've had, you know, like a dozen cases of tuberculosis in the states from raw milk and therefore the fda go oh we're going to close it down." Mm-hmm. actually 12 cases versus you know 250 000 um people being i, killed I, I, by I feel free all to say i'm a
2: naysayer i would absolutely agree i i was putting a cautionary note in that as yes. with all our food choose yes. carefully that's all choose i would wise. say
1: yeah choose white. It's hard for us to know. It's hard for us to know as a consumer who knows nothing about goats. You know, it's very hard for us to know. I mean, you're not going to tell from a label of raw milk whether that farm no. has
0: done its due diligence. There's no way that's, 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 that's it testing, that's Ideally, you get it from a farmer who you know. That's, again, that's Joel Salatin. You know him because then he's, he, it's in his interest to not poison yeah, you yeah. keep you alive yeah
2: yeah <laughs> yeah 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 look um, yeah. gents what wow, are we going to guys. do next
0: week i'm going to have to run
2: uh, nutrient well we've got a nutrient have we yeah have we, got have we got a, a nutrient, nutrient?
0: Well, i was thinking tb so should we do a really deep dive ooh, on TB? I don't think about TB. yeah let, let's not learn be, about ooh. TB.
2: okay is it yeah, a nutrient
0: it. mycobacterium tuberculae there may be others are those. others? Well, let's learn about it because, it, well, because, because it's... Well, mycobacteria Mycobacteria. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Oh, you let's want to do it. mycobacteria?
2: Let's do mycobacteria. bacteria. to Just it <laughs> out amongst <Okay>. the pigeons.
1: <laughs> Aren't they all micro? Aren't all bacteria micro? Um, no, okay. no, myco. That's cool.
2: myco, because oh, they myco. look...
0: They 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 look like fungi when like they grow yeast. on a Petri dish. Ah. Yeah, mycobacteria. Interesting. I seem They're to remember from somewhere. Hmm. Cool. Sounds good. Great. Guys, good to see you. Wonderful. Wonderful.
2: Yeah. Brilliant. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon. See See you soon.
1: Bye-bye.